Hey, everybody. Welcome into episode eight of The Look Ahead. I'm your host, Rob Stats Guerrero from Niners Nation. And with me, as always, from Big Blue View, Ed Valentine. How's it going, Ed? Good, Stats. Good. How are you? I'm good. The Niners have won two straight. Life is up. Things are up. Everything is up. Hey, and and you know, you you mentioned to me off before we before we started recording that 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 I went four and one last week, and and you know, I, I think you, if Steven Goskowski makes a field goal, I might go five and zero. Oh, and you know, it's those darn it's those darn Patriots once they leave New England. Forty five seconds into the podcast, and Ed is mentioning his record for the picks last week. That has to be <laughs> that's a record. <laughs> well, well, you know what. As things go, I went four and one here, and I think I got everything else wrong for the entire week because <laughs> in the picks that we do through the the tally site app on Big Blue View, I went five and nine. So, so I think I got all the picks right here, and everything else everything else was was in the junk pile. See, that's why you need to listen to this show. If you want the if you want the right picks, you got to come to the look ahead. And if you're new to the look ahead, thank you for listening. Uh, this is how it works. Basically, we preview the Thursday night football game, assuming there is one, which there have been weeks without one this year. And then we listen to you. If you go to at SB or, uh, at SBN Reacts on Twitter or sbnation.com slash reacts. You can vote on the games you want us to talk about. That's what we do every week. I send Ed a message or he'll send it to me. Here are the three, four, five games that got the most votes. And that's what we talk about. So if you want to be a part of that, sign up and uh, you'll hear the games that you want to hear about. And can we vote not to talk about this week's Thursday night game, though? Oh, see, <laughs> now that ain't right. <laughs> Although I have to say it is not a game we're going to be spending the most amount of time on on today's show, but it's Falcons at the Panthers. And I mean, the first thing that jumps to my mind, Ed, is if you had stock in these teams, I would be buying as much Panther stock as possible and selling as much Falcon stock as possible because they could not be headed in more opposite directions. Absolutely. I mean, you know, the Falcons are one in six. They're on an interim head coach already. You know, what, what we're talking about with the Falcons is, you know, the trade deadline is is next Tuesday. And, and the bigger question than will they win the game tonight? The bigger question is which guys are going to be on the team after next Tuesday. So, you know, is Julio Jones still going to be a Falcon? I mean, could they, who, who else could they trade? But but Matt Ryan, you know, Matt Ryan, they could trade if somebody really wanted to go there. I doubt that would happen, but it could happen. So, I mean, the, the Falcons are pretty much checked out at this point. And, and, and you're absolutely right about the Panthers. I mean, I don't think anyone saw, you know, the Panthers being as competitive as they are as quickly as they are in the current circumstance with a rookie head coach. So, you know, credit to them for, for getting, uh, for, for doing what they've done so far. Yeah. I think the, the thing about the Panthers that jumps out to me is their organization is in lockstep. They have a new owner. They have a new head coach. They know how to build this thing. They're all on the same page there. And here's why I think that they're going to be so good going forward. Once Matt rule can sort of get his program implemented because they're not bad now in a year with no off season program, your first year with a team, and the Panthers are not pushovers. I know they don't have the best record in the league, but they play tough. They're in every game, 
They've got pieces there to build around, whether it's Christian McCaffrey or DJ Moore or Curtis Samuel. They have players and pieces there. And that's why I'm so high on them, because I think when they get their long-term quarterback and Matt Rule has a chance to settle in there, they're going to put it all together. The Falcons, on the other hand, I have zero confidence in. I mean, you mentioned it. Interim head coach, no general manager. There, there's just no direction there. There's a culture of losing and a culture of blowing leads there. It is the complete opposite of what they're building in Carolina. There is one thing that kills me about the Panthers, and that is the fact that you know Matt Rule was the coach at Baylor last year, and he spent a year under Tom Coughlin as a New York Giants assistant coach. And you know, I cover the Giants obviously at Big Blue View, and and there was for a long time an assumption that Matt Rule was going to be the Giants head coach. And as it worked out, the Panthers, you know, swooped in, they blew the Giants out of the water. They they made Matt Rule a seven-year, $60 million offer, which blows out of the water anything that a rookie head coach has ever been offered before. And, you know, John Mara said, you know, he was asked, you know, about Matt Rule, and he said there was no way they were going anywhere near that kind of money or that many years. But the Panthers' success just kills me because I keep having to ask, having to answer the well, should the Giants have 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 hired Matt Rule question? And 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 I understand why they didn't, because you know, it was just that's a lot of money and a lot of years and you know, to to give a, a rookie head coach. If you could make the decision now and go back in time, would you hire Joe Judge or would you hire Matt Rule? For for I'm not giving any rookie head coach seven years and sixty million dollars. I'll say I'll say that much. So there's there's no way I was going to go compete with that offer. I can I, kind of understand that, but I can understand it from Matt Rule's perspective too. Like once you get that offer from Carolina, I have no problem with him going to the Giants and saying, "This is what I have on the table. Can you match it?" I mean, that's what oh, that's what any of us would do if we had that much leverage. Absolutely, you would do that. And and credit to the Panthers for knowing exactly what they wanted, for knowing, you know, exactly, like you said, for, for now being in lockstep about how they want to run their organization. You know, I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about the, the Giants here, but I think in the long run, I think Joe Judge is going to be fine as, as head coach of the Giants. Matt Rule does have the benefit of having already coached in two places, you know, at Temple and at Baylor. This is a, a first go round for Matt, for Joe Judge. I think he's going to be fine, but the way things are going, I I'm getting tired of answering the question. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't blame you, but if it makes you feel any better, the Niners had Kyle Shanahan, and he was basically a complete disaster for a long time before he got it rolling uh, with the Niners. So don't feel bad just yet. But getting back to this game in particular, the Panthers are favored by two and a half points. You are the picks master, apparently, so I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> well, that depends. On this show, maybe. Uh, overall, I don't know about that. But I am I am picking the Panthers to win this game. I think the Falcons are a disaster. And to be honest with you, I'm picking Carolina. But I'm praying to be wrong on this one because just for a few days, I'd not. I'd like to not have to answer Matt Rule questions. I picked against the Falcons last week on the oddcast for my, for our survivor pick because I just have no confidence in them. Even if they do manage to have a lead late in this game, I have zero confidence that they're going to hold on to it. I mean, they can't even not score touchdowns when they're not supposed to score touchdowns. Like, they can't do anything right at the end of games. 
I have to go with the Panthers. I'll lay the points. I'm sorry, Atlanta. I have zero confidence in any of your sporting teams right now. I'm going to keep saying it forever. Until you show me that you can do it, I, I'm not touching you with a 10-foot pole. Give me the Panthers, and I'll lay the points. Next up, Ed, is the game of the week. Overwhelming game of the week. In fact, of the people of the voters in the SB Nation Reacts poll, 50%, excuse me, 57% of you voted that this was the number one game of the week, and it's Steelers and Ravens. And I've got some, some nuggets for you, Ed. I just want you to listen to these and take these in because this is the best rivalry in the NFL. Since 1999, these two teams have played 46 games. The Steelers have won 23 and the Ravens have won 23. In those games, the Steelers have scored 19 and a half points per game. The Ravens have scored 20 points per game. This rivalry is as close as it gets and has been since 1999. I cannot wait for this game. And I don't blame you for that at all. I'm finally beginning to think that that I have to buy on the Steelers. I, you know, I I just I keep watching Pittsburgh play and I keep thinking they're not as good as they look, are they? They're really not that good. And they keep winning and they shut down Derrick Henry in the Tennessee running game last week. And Ben Roethlisberger's doing enough to to win games, and they've they've got a, a really good running game, and they've got Juju Smith Schuster and, and and some playmakers on the outside. And believe it or not, I think they're I think they're scoring more points than anybody else in the league, which which surprises the heck out of me. But I finally have to come to the realization that that Pittsburgh is really good. I think I heard Mike Florio on Pro Football Talk say that he thinks they're the best team in football right now. And it's kind of hard to argue with. Well, loathe for me to agree with my old uh, partner there, my old coworker, Mike Florio. But I look, Pittsburgh has been putting it together. Ben's getting more comfortable every single week. That defense, as you said, can take away your strength. They can shut down running games. And look, that's Baltimore's strength. Let's be honest. They're averaging the second fewest passing yards in the league, less than 180 yards per game. They move the ball through the run, whether it's from the running backs or from Lamar. And the Steelers have shown an ability to shut that down. And by the way, this is the first time Lamar Jackson's ever played against Ben Roethlisberger. And it's only his second start ever against the Steelers. So we don't really know. He doesn't really know what to expect in this game. I'm kind of... I think I have to lean Steelers in this one. There's a couple of numbers that give me pause. Like John Harbaugh is 10 and two off a bye in his career, which the Ravens are off a bye. The Ravens have the best record off a bye since realignment. So that kind of like makes me want to lean Ravens, but I don't know. The Steelers have been super impressive to me on both sides of the ball. And, and I think I'm with you here, Stats. I think that I have got to lean toward Pittsburgh in this game. I think. If I'm if I'm correct here, I think the Ravens are actually a three and a half point favorite in, in this game. But I I pretty much I have to go Pittsburgh here. And I'll tell you, I think what keeps giving me pause is what the Chiefs did to the Ravens a few weeks ago. I mean, the Chiefs are obviously, you know, defending champs. The Chiefs are 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 the best team that the Ravens have played this year. And that game didn't go well at all for Baltimore. 
And, you know, Baltimore's won. You know, they're, they're five and one. They've beaten Cleveland. They've beaten Houston. They've beaten Washington, Cincinnati, and Philly. And we keep going back and forth on what Cleveland is, on whether Cleveland's a good team. But I, I keep looking at that schedule and it, and you want and you want to ask, have they beaten a good team yet? And if if you put Cleveland in there, you say yes, but but I just don't know. And it's not that they're completely one dimensional, you know, because Lamar Jackson can hit some throws, he can do some things, but they are so dependent on that running game and so dependent on that defense and and all of those things that that I I just wonder sometimes against Baltimore when they come up against these really, really good teams. And, and, and I, at this point, I think I'm going to, I think I'm going to ride the Steelers until somebody knocks them off. Yeah. I think that, look, I mean, the, the AFC North is going to come down to these two teams. Eight of the last 10 championships in the division have been won by either the Ravens or the Steelers. I think the game is going to be close regardless of who wins. And once the spread gets over that magic number of three, that's a big deal to me. So I'm just going to take whoever is getting the points. And since the Steelers are getting the points in this one, that's who I'm going to take. Um, I think this is going to be a fantastic game. I think it's going to come down to the wire again. You know, I know a lot of the narrative about Lamar Jackson has been, well, let's see him do it in the playoffs. Well, this is as close to a playoff game as he's going to get in the regular season. So I'll be very interested to see what he does. But I'm going to agree with you, Ed. I will take the Steelers, and I will take the three and a half. I've even seen it four points in some places. So the more points I can get, the better. I will take Pittsburgh. Okay, that's two games down. We've still got more to go. We've still got 49ers-Seahawks, another great rivalry game, Patriots-Bills. And, Ed, you have the dealer's choice this week, so we're going to get to three more games after the break. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Okay, Ed, here we go. Now we're in my wheelhouse. It's 49ers traveling to Seattle to take on the Seahawks. Division rivalry game. Niners are playing well, coming off two wins. The Seahawks had that overtime crusher against the Cardinals. I am so pumped for this game. If the Niners are going to win the NFC West, they have to win this game. This is almost like a division championship for them. Dude, man, stats, it's Thursday. The game is what, Sunday? (laughs) And you're this fired up already? It's (laughs) days away. I can taste it. How are you going to make it until Sunday? 
I don't know. Thank God Halloween is on Saturday. Maybe I can get some energy out with my kid and, and the candy. I don't know. Oh my God. That's that that's a whole different story. Halloween on a Saturday. What could go wrong there? <laughs> well, by the way, I don't know what happens at the Valentine household, but if you come to the Guerrera household on Halloween, you get a full size candy bar. I have put our house on the map. We have been here for a year. If you come here, you get a full-size candy bar. No fun-size garbage. Uh, send me the address. <laughs> <laughs> Are you giving out the little fun-size Kit Kat ad? Come on, don't tell me you're doing that. Yeah, well, at least we give out two. Oh, that's disappointing. See, I don't know <laughs> if I would go back to your house. I mean, that two does help a little. What kind of candy do you give out? Oh, Kit Kats and Three Musketeers and... And all, all that, all the good stuff. Some M and M. Sometimes, you know, a little, little bit of. It's a smorgasbord. A little bit of everything. I do like the Kit Kat. You put the Kit Kat in the refrigerator for a little while. Mm, they're like perfect. I digress. <laughs> yeah, just, just a little. We, my fault. My fault for bringing up the whole Halloween, Halloween disaster thing. So Niners and Seahawks. Seattle has at times looked like world beaters, but that defense has really struggled. Ed. What do you see when you look at this one? I have questions about the 49ers. You and I have talked a little bit about the 49ers and and I just I don't know what Jimmy Garoppolo is. I just don't. I mean, he's I I know that Kyle Shanahan is a terrific offensive coordinator. I know that the 49ers have despite, you know, missing Nick Bosa, despite his injury, you know, I know that they have a really good defense. I just wonder if, I mean, if this game turns into a shootout, can San Francisco score enough points to hang with Seattle? I think they can for two reasons. One, I don't think Seattle is going to score as many points as they usually do. And two, the Seahawks defense is hot garbage. Ed. They have given up more yards through six games than any defense in the history of the NFL. That's not an exaggeration. That is a cold, hard fact. It is not in dispute. The Seattle defense is terrible. What this game is going to come down to for me is there's going to be opportunities for Jimmy Garoppolo to make big plays down the field. The trouble is for the 49ers, that's the weakest part of his game is deep throws down the field. So if he can take advantage of the opportunities that will definitely be there, then the 49ers are going to be able to score no problem and I think will probably win this game. But if Garoppolo struggles to throw deep like he has so far, the Seahawks have a shot. Yeah, I, I would probably agree with that, you know, but when when it comes down to this game, it comes back to, you know, for me, I just I don't know what to make of 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 Jimmy G. I you know, I don't know which Jimmy G is going to show up. You know, that we can sit here and say, you know, if if Jimmy G hits a couple of throws in the Super Bowl, you know, the 49ers are are, are hoisting a trophy. I am aware, Ed. <laughs> yeah, I, I I know you're aware. And that wasn't meant to, to twist a knife. It was just, you know, it was just meant to make a point. And sorry, we hit a little nerve there. Stats, I'm sorry. You know, I'm not bitter. <laughs> oh, you know, I, I had my rat, my Matt rule little little tiny mini rant. So, so you can, you can have uh you can have your Super Bowl bitterness. It's all good. 
<laughs> it's yeah. I mean, you're right about Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy G, but Kyle's done a good job of really setting him up for success the last two weeks with a lot of stuff behind the line of scrimmage, screen passes, very short throws. He hasn't asked him to do a lot, and it has worked the last two weeks. Yeah, it hasn't. But you know, in terms of in terms of picking this game, I think I'm gonna go with the Seahawks largely because I I tend to trust Russell Wilson more than more than Jimmy G. Although there have been games in the other day against Arizona was one of them where you look at Russell Wilson and you're like, how can you make that throw? <laughs> how can you, you know, how can you float a ball out to a wide receiver in the flat? Yes. The one that Buda Baker intercepted. I mean, I, you know, I went, I got really, really old watching that ball float through the air. I mean, that <laughs> ball was up there for, that ball was up there for what, a couple of years? <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because that was going to be the next thing out of my mouth. He's not getting a lot of criticism for that throw because DK Metcalf, I mean, the chase down was absolutely incredible. And the memes on the internet that have come from it are just as fantastic. But you're right. He floats that ball up there at the goal line. I have no idea why he threw it like that. I don't know why he didn't just throw it on a line to the open receiver, but he's not getting the criticism that he might get if if Metcalf doesn't make that amazing play. And they probably lose the game, you know, probably doesn't even get to overtime if that happens. Um, he's he was bad in that game. He threw three interceptions, including the one in overtime to uh, Isaiah Simmons, who hasn't even seen the field this year. I don't know. I think their Niners are catching Seattle at a good time. I got to go with the Niners in this one. They're getting points. They're getting two and a half. I like it a lot more if they were getting three, but I still think the Niners are going to find a way to win. I, I don't think you can win consistently when your defense is as bad as the Seahawks is. Oh, I don't blame you for, for I don't blame you for thinking that at all. And, and, you know, we'll see how it goes. I just want Jimmy G to prove to me that, that, you know, when the game's on the line and when the plays are there to be made, that that he'll make them. Oh, he'll make them. Or I will travel to San Francisco personally and we will have the cat. <laughs> All I can't right. Take All right. You know, just 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 calm down. The game's in three days. Calm down. Calm down. <sighs> Go for, you know, take a walk. Calm down. It's all, all good. Right. <laughs> Next up, let's get to a team the 49ers crushed last week, 33 to 6. And that's the New England Patriots who traveled to Buffalo to take on the Bills. And I don't even know when the last time I've said this is. The Patriots are coming off a horrible loss. It's the worst home loss in Belichick's New England career. How do they respond? Because it's not a position the Patriots have been in much in the last 20 years. Stats, I don't know exactly how they respond, but but look, put put aside for a second the fact that it was your 49ers who who did this to, to New England. But God, isn't it fun to watch the Patriots get destroyed once in a while? <laughs> hey, what are you complaining about? You won both times in the Super Bowl against well, them. Well, I well, I know that, but it's still fun to watch to watch the Patriots get destroyed every so often. Yeah, I'm not shedding any tears for New England, that's for sure. They've certainly done that to their fair share of teams over the last two decades. Yeah, they have. And you know, the thing about it this week is the Patriots are two and four. 
I think they've lost three straight games now. And they just look terrible. I, you know, I was listening to some some radio interviews this week, and I think it was Matthew Slater, the the great special teams player, you know, for for the Patriots for for the last eight, ten years, whatever, however long he's been playing now. And he was talking about lack of effort from New England Patriots players. Uh-oh. And when did you ever think that you would hear that kind of thing, you know, on a Bill Belichick New England Patriots team where one of his team leaders is questioning the effort of his teammates. And it's it's just stunning to me, you know, where the Patriots are. Now, now knowing Bill Belichick, it wouldn't be stunning if they turned this around. But more and more, it looks to me like these aren't the Patriots that we know. As big and scary and bad as Bill Belichick is, and he is, he can't do it alone. And what I mean by that is you also need players there to motivate the guys in the locker room to set the tone and sort of set the standard. And forever he had it there. He had the ultimate guy in Tom Brady who would scream at anybody during the game and usually did. Players, coaches, whoever it was, he was not afraid to get in your face and sort of get players' minds right if things started to go a little sideways. They don't have that this year. Scott Zolak said during the game, the Patriots radio analyst said during the game last week, where's the fire, essentially? I don't see anybody on the sideline yelling at anybody, trying to get anybody fired up, holding other players accountable. They all just kind of were going through the motions. Cam Newton goes in the bag faster than any starting quarterback I can remember that has his kind of talent. When things start to go bad, it snowballs very quickly for Cam. I feel like he gets depressed and takes himself out of games mentally. They just don't have those players there to fire everybody up and keep everybody in line. And as great as Bill Belichick is, you need you know, that. That's an interesting win. observation that you make about Cam Newton too, because everybody everybody knows the Superman stuff and the big smile and the big celebrations and and all of that. But that is exactly his history in Carolina. When things didn't go well, he didn't pick that team up. They went they went down the drain and he went with it. And and that's a problem when you're looking at the guy that that you're trying to have lead your offense. You know, he hasn't played well the last two or three weeks. I think he's got on the season, I think he's thrown two touchdown passes and has seven interceptions. He's had five interceptions the last two weeks. I think you know the the Patriots were kind of trying to trying to 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 strike gold here and 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 see if they could buy a year with Cam Newton. In the first couple of weeks, it looked okay, but but right now it doesn't look right now it doesn't look good at all. I mean, I think maybe we all underestimated the impact of all of the players that the Patriots had opt out of you know losing tom brady of you know it's been a couple years now since gronkowski's been there they lost a lot of talent i think we all just figured oh it's belichick he'll figure it out they'll they'll win 10 games it doesn't matter i mean he could win games with matt castle playing quarterback so you know so i think we all but we all figured he'd he'd make do with it somehow but right now this this doesn't look good at all 
The only upside for the Patriots is they're playing the Bills this week, Ed. And what is going on with the Bills? Will the real Bills please stand up? They've lost two out of their last three games. They couldn't score a touchdown against the Jets. The Jets, Ed. They couldn't score a touchdown. They kicked six field goals. I, Josh Allen is not playing the same way he was earlier in the year. Well, What's going know, on with The thing team? about the Bills is they are very, very dependent on on Josh Allen. They have a couple of they have a they have an okay running game. You know they 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 have Stephon Diggs at wide receiver, but they are very, very dependent on on Josh Allen to to make plays. The defense isn't. It's you know it's not as good as as you thought it might be. I mean it's it's a good defense. It's not a great defense. And they're again one of those you know they're again one of those teams that you look at and and you say you know how many how many really good teams have have they beaten you know en route to being five and two they've you know they they've beaten the Jets twice. You know they they beat the Raiders. They they did manage to beat the Rams. They beat the Dolphins early in the season. So this division is there for Buffalo to win. And, and you know based on based on rosters, they should win it. But but they have to get plays from from people other than Josh Allen. Uh, you know to uh, if if they're going to do that. You said it exactly right, Ed. The division is there for the taking. The Bills are five and two. The Patriots are two and four. The Dolphins are three and three, but they're starting a rookie quarterback, which we're going to get to in a minute. But the division is there for you. Don't wait for New England to pass the torch. Take the torch. Take it this week. Step on their throat when they're vulnerable. Put a beating down on New England and announce to the world that the Patriots dynasty is dead. The AFC East belongs to Buffalo. That's what I want to see if I'm a Bills fan. It's a statement game for you. The only thing is, right now, the Bills are giving three and a half points. I'm taking the Patriots, Ed. I know it sounds crazy because I just spent a lot of time talking down. I think the Patriots are going to match up well with the Bills. I think that I heard Chris Sims say this, and it made a ton of sense to me. What the Patriots do is they know their strength is pass coverage, so they put everybody up at the line of scrimmage to make it look like they're sending everybody to try and bait you into passing the ball, which is, of course, exactly what they want. I think they're going to do that again. Buffalo struggles to run the ball. So I'm actually taking the Patriots in this game, and I will take the three and a half Stats, points. I'm going to take the Bills. And, 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 you know, I'm doing it partially with my heart instead of my head. I'm doing it because I want somebody else to win the darn AFC East other than the Patriots. And, and if it, if it's going to happen, you know, the, the bills can go a long, long way toward making that happen with, with a win on Sunday. So I'm, I'm taking the bills and I'm, I'm crossing my fingers and I, I do have one quick question for you though. When it comes to the bills, can you name the stadium that they play in? Isn't it rich stadium? Nope. It drives me nuts. I mean, my son happens to live just a few miles from there, so I've been driving pe- driving past there for the last uh, five or six years. They are now on their third stadium name in the last four or five years. So I'm way out of date is what you're telling you're me. You're way out of date. They've gone from Ralph Wilson Stadium to New Era Field to now just your basic run-of-the-mill Bills Stadium. 
I mean, come on. <laughs> you they couldn't even get a sponsor? Come on. That's kind of disrespectful. They've made the playoffs two out of the last three years. I mean, the, the Bills have not been a bad team under Sean McDermott at all. That That is kind no. of disrespectful. I mean, come on, guys. Get a sponsor. Get somebody to put their name on your stadium. How about SB Nation Stadium? Uh, and, and and whose money are you using for that stat? What do you got in your pocket? I will go look ahead stadium. It'd be perfect branding for the show. <laughs> well, there might be about three bucks in my wallet. Well, they don't have any other takers. Hey, our money's green. <laughs> there you go. There you go. How about that? We get a stadium named after us. I, you know what? I'll take it. Uh, we, we, we can use the publicity. So there you go, Buffalo. I put your hopes and dreams on that. All right, last game of the day. We usually let you take the steering wheel. Now I'm handing it over to Ed. I'm a little nervous. I'm like a parent with a 16-year-old driver. I don't know where the hell the car is going. We call it dealer's choice. You get to pick the game you want us to talk about to finish this thing off. And stats, I think you're, you're going to like this one. We are going to Miami. We are going to go to Miami and talk about Rams versus Dolphins. We're going to talk about Tua and and that whole decision and to be honest i don't care about the game i don't care who wins i don't care who loses i i want to see two a play oh yeah i mean look before he got hurt in college he was like the unquestioned he was the trevor lawrence right the guy that everybody wanted tank for tua that was the talk of of the season in the nfl for any bad team and i i've said it on the oddcast and anywhere basically that i've talked on the air about the dolphins i totally and completely support the decision to bench Ryan Fitzpatrick and go with Tua. You have to find out what you have if you're going to build your team in the next two to three years. You've got to know if Tua is any good, and you can't just give him a one- or two-game audition. You need kind of a big sample. So I totally think the Dolphins are doing right by themselves. Absolutely. If he's healthy and ready to go after the injury he suffered last year, then he has to play. There is... There is only one thing about this that I do not understand, and that happens to be Ryan Fitzpatrick's reaction. The whole, my heart hurt all day, and I thought this was my team. Did you not watch the draft? <laughs> Did you not understand that Tua Tagovailoa was going to play at the first opportunity? What, you're... You know, you're you're a 900-year-old NFL journeyman quarterback. What did you think was going to happen here? Yeah, from the second Tua was picked, it was Tua's team. You were just clearly keeping the seat warm. And like you said, it's not like he hasn't been around long enough to know what's up. And, hey, Ryan Fitzpatrick, you had your shot to be a franchise quarterback. The Bills paid you a lot of money to take control of that team. And when you had the chance to do it, you puked on your shoes. So you know what? You can't really complain when another organization wants to give that chance to somebody else. And I know you were playing well. Hell, you put up 40 points on my 49ers. I, I'm very aware that you can play well, but you're just at a different spot in your career for a team to, to give you the reins at this point. It's just not going to happen. No, and this is absolutely, you know, as a guy who who's watched the Giants and covered the Giants for so long, this is absolutely what Tom Coughlin did with Kurt Warner back in 2004. The Giants were five and four. They had an opportunity, you know, at, to win nine or 10 games, get a wild card berth. You know, Warner was playing decently at the start of the year. Then he struggled for a couple games. And as soon as he struggled for a couple games, 
you know, Coughlin went with the hook and 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 put Manning in, you know, in the lineup. And Giants veteran players from back, you know, from that team have admitted that that they were not happy. They went, you know, I think they went one and six the rest of the year. They were not happy, but that was absolutely the right thing to do. Eli Manning was their future at the time, and there was no reason for the Giants to to let their future. You just sit over there and watch, and, and and it's the same in Miami. It's the right thing to do for the future of of a team that has to be more about the future than about the present. And I like the way they did it. They didn't force it at the beginning of the year if Tua wasn't healthy. They gave him a little extra time to rest up, to get healthy, and to just sort of learn, you know, learn the ropes a little bit with a great veteran in Ryan Fitzpatrick to learn from. And now they wait for the bye week. They don't just switch with only seven days to prepare. They wait for the bye week to give them a little more extra time, two weeks to prepare for the Rams. The only thing I don't like about it is his first start's going to come against Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey, which is not exactly a soft landing for a rookie. No, you that's that that's a good point. But you know, but again, it's like the longer he sits, the more you're just delaying the inevitable. Maybe the harder you make it to make the switch. So you know, so you just go ahead and do it, and and I fully support it, and, and and I'll be I'll be looking forward to seeing Tua play, you know, and and now we get our first look at, you know, Tua versus, you know, versus Joe Burrow, and 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 who makes out better here in the long run, you know, Miami or Cincinnati. Yeah, you know, this Tua, Joe Burrow, and Justin Herbert class is reminding a lot of people of the Eli, Phillip Rivers, Ben Roethlisberger class, where you have three quarterbacks that could be potentially very good. Oh, I forgot about Justin Herbert. I mean, my goodness. That guy looks so much better than, than I had anticipated what we would see out of him. I mean, I knew he had, I knew he had that rocket arm, but but he looks so much more comfortable and so much more de- decisive a- and he makes a lot fewer mistakes you know th- than i anticipated that he would at at this point in his career so yeah i mean if if those three guys if those three guys turn out to be players then you maybe you do have that kind of a quarterback class and really quick for the rams i mean look this is a game you have to win you're in the most competitive division in football you you've already lost to the 49ers. You you beat the Bears last week, which was a great, great win for you. Congratulations. But you have to win this game to keep pace. You can't lose to a rookie quarterback making his first career start. It just take care of your business, handle the game, and you know, then you're right in the thick of it in the NFC West. The Dolphins are getting three and a half points. I don't care. I'm still gonna take the Rams in this one. And I assume you are as well. Yeah, I'm going to go with you on that one. I think you're absolutely right. I think the Rams have to win this game, but you know, if you're if you're not a uh, a Rams fan or or a fan of uh, of anyone in the Rams division, I mean, the story for the story for for this game is Tua and what sort of starting debut he makes. So, just to recap the picks, and since you are the pick master here, I will read yours. You've got Carolina minus two and a half over the Falcons tonight. Pittsburgh plus three and a half over the Ravens. Seattle minus two and a half over the 49ers. You big jerk. Buffalo <laughs> minus three and a half over the Patriots. And the Rams minus three and a half over the Dolphins. A lot of favorites for you this weekend. Oh, what can I tell you? I'm a front runner. 
Oh, here we go. And I've uh, just quickly, I've got the Panthers, Steelers, Niners, Patriots, and Rams. Just a reminder, if you want to be part of this show, very simple. Become part of the SB Nation Reacts crew. Go to SBNation.com slash Reacts or at SBN Reacts. Sign up. You can become part of the community that votes on these games. You tell us which games you want to talk about, and that's what we do every week here. Please do that and rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. We want to hear from you. Anything you want to tell us, good, bad, ugly, whatever it is, we want to hear from you. And as I say every week, remember that that signing up for SB Nation Reacts also lets you vote on polls and things that 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 are uh, regarding your favorite team and your favorite SB Nation communities. So uh, please, you know, sign up, take part, vote, let us know what you want to hear about. We make it really easy for you. There's a link to sign up right in the description of this podcast, so it's not hard to find. So please do that. Become a part of the show. Enjoy the game tonight. Enjoy the games this week, and we'll talk to you next Thursday.